This is Dylan. And this is Dylan. And we are D Squared. And we are accompanied here today by our friend and fellow brother in Christ, Nick Long. Say hi, Nick. Hey, what's up, guys? And today we are going to talk about aliens. I know, it sounds weird. We'll get there. Before we get to that, though, there's a few housekeeping things that we want to talk about. Dylan, go ahead and tell them where, we can, where, they, where they can email us. Yeah, guys, so if you've got any questions or comments or anything you want to reach out to us by, you can send us an email at peopleoftheway0407 at gmail.com, or you can look us up on um, Facebook. Facebook or Instagram, and you can that'll just be People of the Way as well. Um, you feel free to reach out to us on Messenger and whatever. Yeah, and we definitely want to hear from you guys. This is called the People of the Way because it is about the people of the way. We're hoping to have Nick on here more and many other believers that are in our area because we want to have these conversations with with fellow believers. We want to get into these conversations and, and bring unity in the body of Christ and encourage us all to look more like Jesus in everything that we do. So, without further ado, aliens. You're probably thinking about little green guys. We're not talking about little green guys. Sorry to disappoint. Hopefully you stay because this is really, really important. I'm going to start out today by reading a scripture out of Hebrews 11, uh, verse 9 and 10, just to make you to give you an understanding of where we're starting here. This is talking about Abraham, and it says, By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. We are going to dig into this concept of the fact that many believers, we are citizens of heaven. You know, we are, we are, we are saved, we're being saved, and will be saved, but we are citizens of heaven. But most of us are living like we're citizens of this world and aliens to heaven. That's just not the way we're called to live. We are called to live in this world, but not of the world. And it's really important to understand that. Yeah, we also got to really look at that word world there, um, which is quite interesting. So we'll just jump back a little bit. Um, there's two scriptures that, that I really think about when I when that maybe look into what this what the word world means. Um, so John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What's cool about that is if you, if you look at the Greek word for world there, um, it, it says cosmos. And cosmos means all of creation like the, the heavens, the stars, uh, all of creation in general, which is pretty cool. Um, and then if you look at Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So there, again, is the word world there, but it's a different Greek word. The Greek word called aeon, which means the age we're living in. So when we're saying do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, we're saying do not be conformed to the pattern of the age that we're living in and that we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard the saying, we're, we're called to be in the world but not of the world. We're, if you want to put the Greek in there, we're called to be in the cosmos but not of the aeon. So we're called to be in all of creation but not of the age we're living in. And it's just pretty important to really pick apart what that word world means there. Yeah, we've touched on this before a little bit, but it's it's worth repeating. We we all know that we're called to be ambassadors of Christ. Well, it's important to realize that Nick, if he's hired to be an ambassador for America, I don't he, don't do that. <laughs> if he's if he's hired to be an ambassador of America, 
he can't go the next day and decide he's going to be an ambassador for Russia. There's going to be some problems. He's probably going to end up in jail. But you can't do that. That's not how that works. You, you can't be an ambassador for two countries. Well, if that's the case, let, 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 let's, let's throw scripture in there. You know, This is a Bible podcast. You can't serve two masters. You can't drink from both cups. When we hear these scriptures, it's important to realize that you cannot live for the world and for Christ. It's impossible. It's one or the other. Jesus does not have a partnership with the world. He died to save us, and he wishes for none to perish. But we cannot serve the world and serve Christ in the same way. It is impossible. So it's important to realize that we are called to a higher form of living. We are called to bring glory. And you know this is probably one of my favorite scriptures. We are called to do all things in the name of Jesus to bring him glory. Colossians 3.17, we've gone through this. All things in his name. Everything. So it's important to realize that when we're talking about being aliens in a foreign land, that foreign land is this world. If, if at any time we feel at home, you, you might want to consider that you've, maybe you're, you're, you've bought into the wrong thing. Because I don't know about you, but my spirit longs to be with the Father forever. Yes, I find joy and I, I find peace in the things of the Lord right now, but I have a hunger to be with my God. The moment that we find it easy to live in a world that's so broken is the moment that we may have been conformed to the aeon, to the aeon, the age that is that is now. And this this podcast is really just to warn us and encourage us that hey, it's important to not buy into that. And I'm I'm going to let my buddy Nick take it from from here for a second because let me tell you that if you decide to live in the world as a Christian or non-Christian, and you let it tell you who you are, it will destroy everything that you have. Is that right, Nick? Oh, dude. I mean, you nailed it. I mean, for so long, I lived in this 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 mindset of being wanting to just please people and wanting to please the world and wanting people to look at me and go, oh, he's he's a good person. He he does things right by our standard. And so often I would play this comparison game to the rest of the world. I'd look at everybody else and look at their success. I'd look at the things that they were doing. Even believers, I'd look at what they were doing and I'd go, man, why can't I do that? Why can't I be in that position they're in? Why can't I be doing the things that they want to do? You know, I think uh, I think back to when we were a little bit younger in our walk with the Lord and we'd go, man, I love to be like Todd White. I love to be like Francis Chan. This was our heart and our desire. And um, I think we kind of sat down one day and be like, man, why are we trying to be like them? Why aren't we trying to be like ourselves? Why aren't we trying to be like who God is calling us to Amen. be? And um, and and we're, we're called to be these aliens, but I think we forget that the reason why we're supposed to be aliens in this world is because we no longer belong to ourselves. When we become Christians, we're not of this world anymore. We actually become co-heirs with Christ. We go from this this pound of flesh, I guess you could say, to um, being this ruler with the king of kings. And I mean, yeah, we're below God, but we are we are co-heirs with Christ and we get to walk with him and we get to be with him. And on top of that, we get to understand 
his love for us right. and we get to understand our identity from him and not in what the world has and the identity that God has for us is so much greater because we've been adopted into this this world it's almost as if an alien came and abducted us and said hey you're my child now um, you know I think about Superman from like coming from Krypton and John and Martha they adopted right. him as their child and raised him as human and it's kind of the same sense where except for we're not being raised by John and Martha we're being raised by God we're being raised up into this 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 person that we're supposed to be, be or supposed to be who is changing the world because we're letting God's light shine through us. So I don't know if there's anything you want to add with that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So you made me think of something. I was blessed to do a Devo on sanctification and this really this topic really plays a part of that. If you don't know, sanctification, the definition for that is it's a few things. It's the process of being sanctified or or to sanctify something, which means simply to, to set something apart, to purify, to make it holy. Let me put that in lay, like normal normal words here. Think about this. What what Nick is saying, what we're all saying here is we sanctification is a is a command. When we've been when we've trusted in Jesus, we've repented from our sins, we start this process of sanctification, which means we've been set apart for a purpose. Well, if you set something apart, it's not a part of everything else. If you are set apart, a holy set-apart people, you cannot be a part of this world. Yes, you are in this world because we don't got, we don't have the capability as Christians to just jump on a rocket and, and leave this earth. I mean, some of us do, but <laughs> like that—that's not something that we—that that would even be reasonable because I'd really be hard to walk out the Great Commission if you're not on the earth to do so. I don't know. Me and Elon Musk are planning a mission trip to Mars. So. <laughs> okay, those Martians are going to be very happy. <laughs> but it's important to realize that we've been set apart. We know that Scripture makes it very clear. We are a set apart people. In order to be set apart, you have to be set apart from something. We've been set apart from the world. We are not of this world. And if we, if we keep lying to ourselves and thinking that we can live the way that the world is living, it's foolish. I mean, Dylan brought up Galatians 2.20, and I'm going to let him go through it here in a second. That's a really great scripture to, to really pound in this fact that you can't. As a Christian, you cannot decide that you are going to swim in the sea of this world and then continue to claim Jesus. You can't do that. I watch Christians do it every single day on Instagram and Facebook. I see all these posts and it's like, you look no different than the world. And that's not okay. And one of my other favorite scriptures is John 13, 35. And it talks about, they'll know that you're my disciple by the love that you have for one another. That's another way that we're set apart. They will identify us. The world will identify us that we belong to Christ by the love that we have for the, the fellow members of our body, and we don't even do that right, it's really important to realize that you cannot claim Jesus and this world, and we're, I'd, I'd say at least 90% of us are doing that, and I've, I've been guilty of that. I've thought that I can live and look exactly like the world and, pro and proclaim Jesus, and I'm sorry. But if you take a moment and you look at this world in its broken state, you'll realize that Jesus has nothing to do with what's going on right now. Yeah. I mentioned Galatians 2.20. Do you want to go over that, Dylan? I think that's a great scripture to really, really jump into this this conversation. Yeah, I was actually just going to say it because um, Nick basically, he basically said it already. Um, until we repent from our sins, we are aliens in, in heaven. 
Um, but when we repent from our sins and turn to Christ, we it, it says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. The life is now the life I now live is in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when we do that, we're no longer aliens of heaven. We're instead citizens of heaven, but we become aliens in, in the world. Um, and then I was also going to say that in Matthew seven fourteen, it, it talks about the path to heaven is narrow, path that leads to destruction. Destruction is wide. Yeah. So, like like Dylan said, ninety percent of us are are walking in that wide path, and that leads to destruction instead of that narrow path that leads to eternal life. Yeah, and I think that the reason why so many Christians did this, and gosh, I did this for eighteen years of my life. I grew up in a church proclaiming the name of Jesus while going off and in my school and treating people like garbage while addicted to pornography and doing all these just horrible things in the name of Jesus. And, you know, I've repented from that and turned from that. But the biggest issue that I had with that was because I was holding on to my identity that the world had given me. I was holding on to this this brokenness that I had from not having a dad in my life or what people at school were saying about me and all these different things. And I never really received what the Lord had said about me. I knew what he had said about me. We all grow up in church or, you know, those who do grow up in church, we all know what God says about us. You know, John three sixteen. You, Dylan, you mentioned that earlier that, you know, God came and he, Jesus died for this world for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Like we, I knew that I knew that before I was even in church. Like we had this, these group of people would just come to our apartment complex all the time and just like love on us kids and they do Bible studies and stuff. So I knew that before I was even in a church. And then when I had that, I was like, oh, dude, this is down pat. I got it. I understand. I knew in my head, but I never understood in my heart. And it's because I never understood what God actually was saying about me. I had the head knowledge, but not the heart knowledge. I think we were talking about that earlier, right. uh, Dilbop. But, um, so you knew it on the surface level. Yeah, I knew it on the, the surface level, but yeah, not, not in the depths of my heart, not in the place that it really made a difference. And... And I think that this is such a big issue that Christians just deal with today is they don't they haven't received the spirit of adoption. So I actually want to read from Romans 8:15 and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And so it says uh, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry Abba Father. Gosh, this right here, I mean, I just think about this. Like, how often did I live as a Christian in fear? And did I live as a slave to my sin and not as a son of God? Um, I was actually, I, I got to listen to a message from the pastor at the church that I attend. And one of the things that he was talking about is so often churches do this thing. And, and it's really just kind of this Midwestern church culture. We'll go, we'll, we'll go, hey, you're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer, you know, you've been saved. And then they'll go to servanthood. They'll go, hey, and they don't talk about this adoption as sons. They don't talk about how our identity in Jesus. And I think if we really understood that, we wouldn't ever fall back into that slavery to fear into sin. We wouldn't fall back into that because we understand that, hey, God came to us with a ring and a robe and he said, you're my child. I know you messed up, but hey, you're with me now. And guess what? You don't have to go back to that pig pen anymore. Right. Yeah, they just that goes back to what Dylan said about the sanctification a lot of churches, uh, Midwestern churches nowadays, they, they want to just talk about, oh, you're saved. No, let's go do this. But they don't talk about like any of the sanctification that comes from that. The transformation. Right? Yeah, the transformation that comes from it or how to transform it. They'll be like, oh, you're free from sin. But then you leave the you leave the church building and you go back to sinning. So it's like. Well, the, the issue is, is we, we, that we run into, and this is not a Westernized church backslash. So that's not what we're doing yeah. here. But it's important that. 
the, unfortunately, as the church, and I'm talking to all of us, I'm not talking, I'm not even just the body of Christ. The body of Christ in general, especially in America, we're just like, you're free. And we never tell people why. We never say, you're free. This is why. There's never, there's never, never that next step. And we never really explain what we're free from either. Right. Yeah, we just assume all oh, sin, and that's a big part of it. But it's like, no, we are free from, from not only from sin, but we're free from this life of bondage that we've lived, and now we're able to live a life that is glorifying to a Father that gave everything yeah. to, to be communed to commune with us. That was the biggest issue. God did not send Jesus. To save you from your sins, just to save you from your sins. He he did that because he could not commune with you unless your sins were taken care of. He was a loving father that said, I will do anything I can for my children to be with me again. It had nothing to do with you just being lost in sin. It was because he could not commune with us. He could not be one of us. We could not be his people with sin in our lives. And I want you to understand something here. What I'm not saying, when we're talking about this being in the world and not of the world and all these things, I'm not telling you that you can't mess up. I'm not telling you that you can't fail. I'm not telling you that you have to be perfect all the time. What I'm telling you is that you need to examine your life and you need to really look and see where are you rooted. Because if you cannot confidently say that you've rooted yourself in Christ and Christ alone, you need to reevaluate and you need to hit your knees and you need to repent it's a huge deal. If you are not rooted in, in the life giver, you have no life. You have to be rooted in the one that has brought you the hope that, that, that we require. We cannot decide to root ourselves in this world because the only thing left in this world is death. The wages of sin is death. The moment that you... It's like... It's like you're, you're playing a game of poker or something and you're betting on something. You put all your chips in one basket... If you lose, you're done. You lose everything. That's what we're talking about here. If you decide, there's two choices here. Everybody's going to tell you your choices are heaven and hell. I'm, I'm sorry. Your choices are not heaven and hell. That's an easy choice. Nobody likes hell. Even even atheists will go, well, I'll, I'll have to go to Florida in the summer. I, li- I like the warmth, but like not that warm. Like I'll go to Florida, but not Texas. Like, like It's a whole different kind of heat. Did you just call Texas hell? Well, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> I'm sorry if you if you're from Texas and you listen to this, I didn't mean that. Uh, but anyway, it's your choice is not heaven or hell. Any any sane person would say, of course, heaven over hell. Your decision that you have to make is heaven or this world. And scripture backs that up. I want you, if if you want to challenge me, if you want to challenge me, I want you to look in the Bible. Very rarely you're going to see heaven and hell referenced together. It's always going to be heaven and the world, heaven and the earth. It's a big deal. That's what your that's what your decision is. And I promise you, you can only choose one. And I promise you, if you're on the fence, the world owns the fence. It's 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 either or. There is no kind of Christian, maybe Christian. Well, maybe I'll 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 put part of my. It's it's like if you if you work in stocks, I'm asking you to put everything you have in this one stock, and his name's Jesus. Because if you put even 1% of something else in the world, you, you might as well cash everything in there because Jesus wants all of you or nothing. Yeah, I was just going to add um, that it's, 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 the options are your will or God's will. And obviously a lot of people would, would choose their own will because it's, it's obviously what they deem better. But the fact of the matter is that 
God's will is so much greater than our own. Like Dylan said, if you, you can't be on the fence, you can't be maybe Christian, oh, I believe in some of the stuff, but not all of it. It's like you have to be all or nothing. Right, and honestly, I kind of apologize for getting loud and, and stuff. I'm not angry. I'm just very passionate about this because it's important for me to make sure that the body of Christ understands that we can't choose both. I know that it is so hard to deny this world because we are flesh. It is, it is so. It is a battle. You want to talk about spiritual warfare? You want to talk about warfare? The warfare between spirit and flesh is a greater war than you'll ever really see in the in, in the spirit realm that we talk about a, a lot of the times because. It's a constant battle for us. We wake up every day and we have to choose. Is it going to be my will, which is the world's will, or is it going to be God's will? It's a big thing. We need to be prepared to choose God always in everything that we do. And that's just not where we're at right now. There are so many of us that, that are just buying into the world and everything that it has to offer. And honestly, it's got nothing for you. Yeah. So kind of something that I want to add here, and I, I don't know, but... What what you said there really kind of, it reminded me of scripture where, you know, we're, we're supposed to crucify ourselves. Yeah. We're supposed to, we're, it's not supposed to be this easy thing. He talked about this war between the spirit and the flesh. And the reality is, is that, yeah, Galatians 2.20, I think you, yeah. Dylan read that earlier. You know, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And this is that choice that we have to make. I mean, if you look at a crucifixion, even in what it describes in the Bible, but if you decide to look further than that um, and what history says, it's not it's not a fun process. No. I mean, most of these people are they're suffocating to death because they're, um, you know, they have to break their knees and they're just in misery this whole time. It was saved for the worst of the worst. And I mean, let's be honest, our flesh is kind of the worst. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't enjoy when I walk in my flesh. My spirit hates it. And and so we are, we are called to crucify ourselves. And that's really where I think a lot of this war comes from. Yeah. It comes from that, hey, I hate what my flesh says, so I'm going to crucify it. I'm going to kill it today. I'm going to walk in the spirit. And I'm going to walk as an alien in this world. Superman, and I didn't even meet, we didn't even talk about bringing up Superman earlier, but I, I think it's such a cool concept because there were times when he was walking as Clark Kent, he was walking in this world, and there were times when he was walking as Superman when he was so clearly different from everybody else that he people knew that he was changed and they would flock to him for for salvation. And, and this is kind of supposed to be the picture that we're supposed to be. Now, obviously, we're not the saviors, but hey, we have the savior living inside of us. So when we walk as Superman, if you will, then we people should look at us and then go, oh my gosh, I need to talk to this guy. Like he is so different than everybody around me. I need to know what's about him. Like he's clearly not of this world. The love that he has for his brothers, um, the love that he has not only for other Christians, but for the people. Like I hear so often of waitresses and waiters who hate working on Sundays because Christians are just frankly jerks to them. And it breaks my heart because they're walking in the world. And we, me and Dilbot, we get to go to, to restaurants every now and then. And we get to just bless waitresses and waiters um, with, with, you know, just the love of Jesus. We get to pray for them and we get to be the difference. And we don't just leave, you know, a, a tip that says Jesus loves you. No, we, we put something behind it because we yeah. put action behind our words. And that's what Christians are called to do. And I think 
that's another part that really sets us apart as aliens in this world is what are the action what is the action that we're doing with our words are we just lip service or are we are we actually doing things right and honestly it's it's interesting to me you brought up superman and i thought about um even a, a biblical example to that because there's going to be some people that listen to this and go oh that, that's, that's that's impossible you can't go from one thing to another well one Read John 3, that would very much argue the difference. You can't even enter the kingdom of heaven without being born again. I mean, and sorry to interrupt you, but look at your, like, I, you guys, I don't know if you've shared your testimony with them yet, but guys, if you knew Dilbaugh before he was a Christian, it's light and day. It's not even the same. They're not the same person. This, I mean, he, he went from drinking and partying, almost blackout drunk every single weekend, to when he got saved that he, he couldn't even look at alcohol. He hated it. He he despised what it stood for. He despised what it had caused in his life. And he went from this, really this angry guy to one of the most joyful people that I had ever met. And I have the pleasure of calling my brother in Christ. And I mean, it is that transformation of, of what the Spirit does inside of us, what Jesus did on the cross and us recognizing that it is like light and day. It's not the same thing. Right. I mean, even, and thank you, Nick. I, I didn't plan on going into my testimony tonight, but I mean, that's definitely a personal example for me. You know, I went from this guy, I was pro weed, pro anything the world said, drinking every day, or having a desire to drink every day, drinking every weekend without fail. I would pay, I would lose $100, maybe more every weekend just paying somebody to go pick me up some alcohol. And that went on for years. But, a lot of people are going to go, oh, it's impossible. Like, you, you can't live in such a way that people know who you belong to. Well, let me challenge you to look at somebody that wrote a majority of the New Testament. Let's talk about Saul, who then, who then was made Paul. This guy's murdering Christians, nuking people. I mean, he literally got papers to go kill more Christians on the road to Damascus. After he had just killed Stephen. Right. He was responsible for the death of the first disciple. And so, like, he literally struck down on the road to Damascus, has an encounter with Jesus, and literally changed so quickly. He went from being in the world. The world wanted to kill Christians. He went from being a part of that world to living a life abundantly bringing glory to God. And we're called to the same thing. This isn't just, oh, Paul's mighty, and of course that was him. No. This is, a, this is a call for each and every one of us. We are called to forsake the world, forsake our will, and say, God, what is it that you have for me? I will live from this day forward as a citizen of heaven because that's my home. I, will, I refuse to claim this broken world as my, as my resting place because the moment that I find rest in the things of this world is the moment that I have forsaken my God. Everything that I need is provided by him, but I'm going to go into the world and I'm going to try to find my identity, my rest, my peace, my joy. I urge you, I urge you to put everything you have in Jesus because he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will not let you down. Are things going to be hard? Absolutely. Are things going to look bleak sometimes? Sure. But I promise you that you will never be forsaken in the arms of the Lord, but the world will always leave you desiring and wanting more, and they will all, always leave you empty. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day that has started dabbling in alcohol, 
um, which is really hard for me to even comprehend because I was freed from that over four years ago. But I was telling this individual that there is nothing that the world has to offer that they need. That the only thing that anything like alcohol or anything this world has to offer will leave you is empty, broken, and desiring more. And I think we're going to finish up here in a second, but I want to tell, I want to tell you a story because this, is, this goes into my testimony. When I think about my, my transformation, the moment I bowed my needle to Jesus, I haven't had a drink since. And let me explain why. I think about the woman at the well story. And Jesus is talking about to this woman. She's thirsty. She's gathering water at the hottest time, time of the day because she's an adulteress and all these things. And Jesus asks her, asks her for a drink of water. And she's like, why would you ask me that? I'm a Samaritan and I'm a woman. And Jesus goes, if you knew who asked you for a drink, you would, a- you would ask me for a drink and I would give you living water and you would never thirst again. Do you want to know how you don't thirst for the things of this world? You go to the living water. Because what happened in my life is I went to Jesus. I humbly bowed my knee to the Lord of all Lord, the King of all kings. And I said, my life is garbage. If you exist, do something with it. Mm-hmm. And he took me up on it. And my life has never been the same. And I promise you, yours won't be either. I look at that store and I go... I took a drink of Jesus' living water and my desire for weed, for alcohol, for the things of this world, it was gone. Why? Because I filled up my life with the things of the world, but that left me empty. I had to continue to go into the world to find the things to fill me up. But the moment that I took a sip of what Jesus had to offer, he filled me up. And now, no, lo- no longer will I thirst again, but even better than that, he changed me into a, to a wellspring where I can go and I can pour living water out on everyone around me so they will never thirst again either. And that's what we're offering you here. Stop going into the world to find what God has, has given you, what he's offering to you. It's time to change. It's time to do something different. Because if you take the drink of his living water, you will never thirst again. But I promise you, anything the world has to give you, whether it's fun or enjoyable or whatever that may be, it's poison and it will kill you. Yeah. Again, please, if you've got questions, comments, hit us up on Facebook at People of the Way, Instagram. We've got a People of the Way Instagram. Please email us we've got at peopleoftheway0407 at gmail.com. We want to hear from you, and I hope to have Nick back again next time and maybe even another brother brother or sister in Christ. Yeah, and we thank you guys so much for tuning in to People of the Way podcasts, and we'll see you next time.